You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Killifer. And unfortunately, Susie can't join us today, but we do have a guest returning. Hey, it's the other Mike from Count Creepy Head. Woohoo! Thank you for joining us, good sir. Glad to be here. Glad to be back. We are kicking off our new month of, we're returning to anthology movies uh, with episode 197, Scare Package from 2019. Uh, It's an hour and 47 minutes. It has a lot of directors. (laughs) Thankfully, most of them have only done some short films, but the directors are Courtney, I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong, Andajar, Hilary Andajar, Anthony Cousins, uh, let's see here, and Baron Vaughn, who have just basically done a bunch of shorts and this. Then we have Emily Haggins, who did Party Killer, Pathogen, and Sorry About the Demon, Aaron B. Kuntz, who did The Pal Door, and Chris uh, McEnroy, who did We Summoned a Demon, Hellacious, and Guts. Oh, I'm sorry, and Noah Segan, who did Blood Relatives. So, a lot of fucking directors. <laughs> uh, the cast is huge, because there are sh- seven short stories. I only grabbed the cast from the wraparound. Uh, so, we have Chad Buckley, played by Jeremy King. He was in A Hundred Tears, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, Life's Rewards, Scare Package 2, and that's about it. And we have Han Tran playing Han, uh, or play, yeah, I'm sorry, Han Tran playing Han Tran. <laughs> so his real name. I uh, was in Left Behind, NCIS, Scream Queens, Kickboxer, Vengeance, Camera Obscura, Preacher, Santa Jaws, which we've covered here, uh, Watchmen, and Scare Package 2. And then Son finally, of a bitch, that's where I recognize him from, is Santa Jaws. Santa Jaws, yep. My first episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I was sitting here going, hey, that's where I've seen him before. <laughs> and then we have Sam, played by Byron Brown. He was in the From Dust Till Dawn series, Blood Feast, uh, Playing God, and Scare Package 2. And he's in the upcoming Toxic Avenger. Uh, then, of course, we have also starring Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Gold Dust, and John Bloom, a.k.a. Joe Bob Briggs. So, one of my favorite people. Yeah, I, for- I forgot. The cameo. <laughs> I, for, I forgot that Dustin Reynolds was in this yeah. until I watched it again. Yeah, I had completely forgotten until Matt brought it up in our group chat, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, he is in this. <laughs> uh, it, as soon as he pops up, I got super giddy. Um, funny, hey, it's it's Mike, it's time for a quick side tangent. My yeah. grandma or cousin is Dusty Rhodes, father of... Dustin Runnels. Um, so is she really? Always, it's yeah, like there's pictures of them when they're kids. It's one of those things like big families back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just brought it up casually once, and I was like, "What?" And <laughs> yeah, lo and behold, it's one of those things that like I could never walk up to any of them and be like, "Hey, I'm so and so's aunt Gertrude, blah 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 blah," and like do a family tree. Mm-hmm. But there's a distant relation, so it's like I've always just, well, other than the fact that he's also awesome, it's gold dust. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always just been a big fan. So as soon as he popped up, and I have a soft spot for wrestlers 
that transition into horror movie roles because I always think that it's like it makes perfect sense. They're huge, tall, beefy athletes that have a natural acting ability. Yes, they should be slashers. Oh, so hell yeah. The fact that he does this, it just I love it. That's so cool. Yep. But uh, let's uh, let's go around the table here and see what everyone thinks about this movie. Uh, Mike, as you're our guest, it's a uh, customer. We start with you. What are your thoughts? Um, so you guys know I'm kind of critical of anthologies because not all of the uh, stories work. And that bugs me <laughs> if in an anthology, there's one that's so out of place, it throws everything off of here. There's seven stories in here. I thought two of them didn't work or not that they didn't work. They didn't fit. Um, but they're, they're so short that it doesn't throw the movie off. It's just sort of a quick jarring, like, why is this here? It doesn't fit the theme. It doesn't fit the wraparound. Um, so I, I kind of question like, what are they doing? I I'm going to guess one of them was girls night out of body. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel the same way about that one. I'm like, what, 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 what happened? I don't get it. <laughs> um, and the weird spoilers one. Oh yeah, yeah, the with the mage battle. Which mm. it's, I get they were trying, but it it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, and Girls Night Out of Body again, it wasn't up to par with the rest of the entries, mm-hmm. and it wasn't funny. And it was just sort of like lackluster. And I feel like they could have cut them out of the movie entirely. Yep. And it wouldn't have affected the runtime. And the movie would have been a tighter fit. I feel like they had some sort of deal going on where it's like, okay, we're going to do this movie. We're going to get seven of our friends. They're going to make seven shorts. But unfortunately, two of them don't deliver. Yep. And I think like whoever the director of the overall package was should have been like, you know what? These could have been extras on the DVD or something. Yeah. Um, Because they're not funny. And well, yeah, they're not funny. And one of them isn't even a horror piece, honestly. It's more like a weird Doctor Who thing. Mm-hmm. You you know, the funny thing about that is of the of the uh, entries in this film, those are the two that I get confused thinking they weren't part of this movie. Yeah. For whatever reason, I had them stuck in my head that they were part of that movie XX. If you remember that, the. Uh-huh. The other anthology, I, I thought that they were part of that. So when I was rewatching this for the show, I was like, wait a second, that those are that, that's in this like it, it just didn't stick with me. Like the parts that stuck with me from this were stuff like cold open and then, you know, the final like wraparound. Um, but, yeah, those two just did not. I didn't feel like they fit here. So I totally agree. But, yeah, otherwise. I loved it. Uh, it's hard to do a movie that's meta. I'm quotating here with my fingers. That to me doesn't feel like it's talking down to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the fact that they made it meta plus goofy makes it work. Um, I don't know how many independent horror movies I've seen where it's like, hey, we're setting a a video store because we love 80s horror movies and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't work for me. Um, right. This is doing it in a funny way and it works uh, because Rad Chad is such a goofball. And Han is crazy. And it's like everybody in this universe is the kind of funny that I like. It's not like an independent horror movie where they have to make. It is an independent horror movie. I don't know. It just works. I don't want to pick it apart and drag the show to a halt. Um, But I like that about it. Um, And it's my kind of comedy. 
Oh yeah, no, so, I found this movie funny as hell. There were several points where I was just laughing my ass off. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to them as you kind of do the quick breakdown. Well, Maurice, what are what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I, I I agree with you guys on those were my two favorite or least favorite parts of it, and uh, yeah, Mike's right; they don't make any sense to the anthology. Mm-hmm. But I also enjoy this movie. Um, I feel it's it's funny. It's got a good a lot of good funny moments. Uh, you know, o- overall, it's a good movie. There's not too much real like gore or anything. It's just but oh, the, the like I said earlier, the Dustin Runnels or Rhodes cameo. I forgot that he was in this. It's mm-hmm. not really a cameo. I mean, he was. Um, He's the Devil's Lake in Paler. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess Billy Bob's more of a cameo than than that. But uh, I mean, it's it's a very cheesy movie. Uh, not to be taken seriously, but overall, I enjoy it. No. As I say, did you notice the uh, the letters on um, on the Devil's Lake Impaler's sweater? No. It was uh, Delta Epsilon Alpha Theta, a.k.a. Death. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> did you see the very telegraphed uh, moment in the second to last segment with the um, the Death Killer, whatever you want to call him, the Impaler? And on the marker board, they have the breakdown of who's going to die next and how. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that cracks me up. There was actually a lot of fun little uh, Easter eggs in that segment. Um, let me see here. I have it written down. Just quickly flip to that page. Yeah, so uh, on the map, it shows. Um, let's Okay, so there's the Cenobite Cafe, uh, oh. the last records room on the left. Um, there's server room 237, so The Shining, uh, Outpost 31, there's the VHS archives, so VHS, and the Delta 88, so Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Herbert West appears on one of the computer screens, like the name Herbert West. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole end is, is filled with little trivia moments. But I'm sorry, Reese, we cut you off. Oh, that's fine. I... I... <laughs> I don't really have much to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, you know, as anyone who has been listening for a while, we've been slowly getting more into conversational episodes. Uh, so I, I feel like we should just, you know, go segment by segment here. So cold open as a first segment. What do you guys think of this one? I liked it. Um, here, <laughs> this is my nitpick. And you guys have both seen enough movies where I think you can agree with me. Mm-hmm. They need to get more creative with masks for killers <laughs> yeah they do <laughs> and i hate it like this i get that it fits the context of the story so the whole premise here is that we're following a character whose sole job is to place items or make funny roadblocks to get characters from point a to point b to like you know take the wrong turn on a road to go to the killer yeah he's, so it, he's the he's the starter for the horror movie he's the starter for the horror movie and he wants to be a character. Mm-hmm. He's tired of being in the background and he tries to inject himself into a horror movie scenario. And then a series of mishaps happen and he turns out to be the killer. And uh, we find out his name is Mike Myers. Ha 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 ha. But in the process <laughs> of all of this, he picks up a cheap dollar store mask 
and puts it on and gets covered in blood. And you've seen it a thousand times. And mm-hmm. you've seen it in a thousand two B dollar store horror movies where they just were too lazy or didn't have the art direction to think of a cool mask for their killer. Mm-hmm. And I say, if you can't think of something, watch Michael Myers Halloween or uh, watch Rob Zombie's Halloween and get creative. It's mm-hmm. not that damn hard to make a memorable killer with a cool mask. It drives mm-hmm. me nuts every time I see it. And it's like, really? Like, that's the best you could do. Like, you couldn't think of something situationally that could have been a funnier mask. See, I, I took it more as a, a uh, nod to Halloween because it's the blank white face. And his name is Mike Myers, and he's he's uh, doing this on Halloween night. And I was like, ah, okay, you're just, you know, the whole thing is a nod to Halloween. That's that's how I took it, at least. Then get a mask of what William Shatner looks like now and paint it white. <laughs> you know, which I'm still mad they didn't do in the newest Halloween trilogy. Instead of just having a new take on the shape, they really should have had a scan of, you know, 91 year old Bill Shatner <laughs> and painted it white again just to show the progression. Cause I thought that would have been funny, but it probably would have looked really cool too. The mask aged with him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, so this whole segment, it's just, it's this guy, Mike, uh, setting up different traps and stuff. And, and, and some of them is kind of hilarious. Like it shows him trying to set up a sign that's like to the old asylum, to the old abandoned asylum or to the campgrounds. And he like can't get the the arrow to stick in one place. And he's like fighting with the sign as the people are coming up to go camping. And he's like, shit, <laughs> I have to like change it to the <laughs> asylum and run away. It won't stay in place. And it he doesn't have a hammer up. and he's hitting it with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> that whole sequence had me cracking up. And then, like, I love it when he's like, have you ever tried to, like, or do you know what it takes to make an evil doll? And it shows him doing all the, like, the, like, rituals and, like, cutting his hand with a knife and, like, making the doll, like, all cracked and creepy looking. And just, like, putting all the satanic artifacts in the attic of the one house and they keep tumbling over. And he's like, crap, crap, crap. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, it was fucking hilarious. And then, you know, he decides... He's going to be a real character after he cuts the power to the babysitter's house. And he's like, I'm going to intervene. And he goes and tries to talk to them and clearly looks like a killer. Yeah. (laughs) They see the wire cutters hanging out of his pocket. (laughs) But I have to say, like, when they when everything goes bad and the one girl stabs him in the hand and he's just standing there screaming as the wire cutters are stuck in his hand. I couldn't stop laughing because when she yanks it out, it's like Kill Bill. There's just geysers of blood. That's something that happens in this is <laughs> the blood is hilariously like the the CO2 off camera is turned way too high. Yes. <laughs> it mm-hmm. just goes geysers. It's like you're watching a samurai movie. <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> but I also like uh, before we get to that scene where he's he's uh, boxing or sparring with his police friend and she's complaining about how every single time she goes to shoot the killer, no matter where she aims, she shoots him in the left shoulder. And she's like, I can't, I can never kill him. I can never put him down. You know, I just stop him momentarily. And then when, you know, he ends up being the killer for the film, she comes in, she boots the door open, she aims at his head, says, drop the weapon and shoots and hits him in the left shoulder. And she's like, damn it. (laughs) 
So she was trying to kill her friend. Right. But, you know, he was safe because she could only shoot him in the left shoulder. <laughs> and the, the whole story culminates with uh, we back out and we see that it's Mike telling Rad Chad the uh, story to his script called Cold Open. And then Chad lets him out on the side of the road and tells him, you know, this whole picking up hitchhikers is dangerous business. That's how horror movies start. And then he raises the top to his convertible and it's the convertible from A Nightmare on Elm Street with the red and green striped top. And then he drives away and we get the opening credits, (laughs) which I I love the fact that it's called Cold Open, that it is a cold open. It's just brilliantly done. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's and, it's one it's one of the stories I like in this. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And I like how it comes back around at the end. How they, they mm-hmm. actually, like you know, th- this character of Mike actually does pop up again, which is fun. Yeah, and um, I like how you know it's not the best story. Mm-hmm. It's serviceable, and then Rad Chad is like, yeah, no. <laughs> right. He's like all that meta stuff. It's too much. <laughs> but, and I, I got a comment like he's Red Chad's got the Joe Bob air freshener. He's got the bolo tie <laughs> like he's trying to be Joe Bob so hard. Yeah. And <laughs> he's a believable horror nerd. Oh, absolutely. Like I could totally picture blowing my money on the convertible from Nightmare on Elm Street and driving it to work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I would absolutely do that. I related to that 100 percent. Oh, yeah. I, I also cracked up with him just kind of wearing the Canadian tuxedo where he's got oh. the, the jean jacket and the jean or the jean shirt and the jeans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do the butt shot when he gets out of the car. I, I lost it. I was like, that's fucking great. But we see right when he goes into work, he works at the, the video store, Rad Chad's Video Emporium. And uh, we see the scare package, rent six movies and the seventh is free. And did so, you see how the logo for Rad Chad's Video Emporium is totally Last Drive-In style? Oh, 100%. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost identical. <laughs> it's great. So w- during this segment, we meet Sam, the the weirdo horror hound who's always hanging out at the, uh, the video store and wants to work there. He wants to fill the job. But I love it because Chad tells me he's like, it wouldn't work. He's like, nobody likes you. I want to punch you in the face. And he goes, how many times have you been punched in the face this week? And he goes, that's a trick question because, you know, my mom hits me in the face to wake me up every morning. (laughs) I could not fucking stop laughing. I was crying at that point. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. But he tells, you know, Sam goes on about how he'll be the perfect hire, blah, 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 blah. You know, he, he knows everything. And then we meet, uh, we meet on Tran. And I love this back and forth because he just holds up the side. He goes, hello, I am here for video store clerk position. And Chad goes, name, Han Tran. Ever committed a felony? No. Legal to work <laughs> in the U.S.? Yes. Reliable form of transportation? Yes. High school GED or equivalent? Yes. Have you ever suffered the untimely and crushing loss of a loved one? No. Nancy Thompson or Laurie Strode? Mm, Lori, Leprechaun in Space or Leprechaun in the Hood? Space, I guess? Better sequel, Troll 2 or Halloween 3? Neither follow official canon, so neither official sequel, sir. Have you ever had a best friend? No, sir. When can you start? Now? (laughs) 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 It's just, it's so damn funny, and the delivery that that Chad does, and uh, like Han's confusion is is fantastic. I I loved his proper answer to Halloween 3 or Troll 2. (laughs) Yes! 
I wanted to walk in there and high five him. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. This is correct, son. <laughs> I mean, and also like, you know, Laurie Strode or Nancy Thompson, like, don't get me wrong. I love Nightmare on Elm Street, but Laurie is the better final girl, you know? So it's like, well, yeah. Don't get me going. Yep. And I mean, come on, Leprechaun in space or Leprechaun in the hood. They're both fantastic, but space, I mean, you yeah. know, the Leprechaun shoots out of a dude's dick. Leprechaun in space might be the best entry in the whole franchise. I, I agree. <laughs> like it's such a ridiculous movie. It's so fun. Plus it's got a Kenner Millennium Falcon in it. You can't complain. It has Miguel Nunez. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. I, I watched that more than any of the other leprechauns. Damn so, enchiladas. Miguel Nunez, greater than Jennifer Aniston. Princess. Yes. <laughs> I 100% agree. He was also my favorite thing about the Street Fighter movie. Um, yes. <laughs> Miguel Nunez, greater than Jean-Claude Van Damme on cocaine. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. Although, oh, all right, I don't know if Miguel Nunez is better than Raul Julia not giving a flying fuck. Anyways. True, true. Raul Julia is amazing in that movie. But, I mean, to be fair, like, Raul Julia actually, like, plays it straight. Yeah. Like, he so, like, plays, the, he knows it's silly, and he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna play it straight. You got, like, space Shakespeare from Raul Julia. He just went with something <laughs> and committed to it. Yep. And, <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, I have to apologize to the listeners I am still getting over my cold So I will probably cough multiple times I'm trying to mute myself but it'll it'll sneak out um, So yeah The whole thing culminates with uh, You know Sam being very jealous that Han gets hired And Chad is teaching You know Han the ropes while, while Sam Comes up and starts to, uh, Talking about one of the movies he's renting And we smash cut to the next segment Which is One Time in the Woods this might be my favorite segment of the whole movie. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid, but I love it. That's <laughs> it's really how I feel about this segment. It's <laughs> it's really stupid. It's it's not really good, but it's hilarious. I love the effects. Oh my yeah. god, yes. Uh, it's so goopy. <laughs> it's this is the kind of comedy I, I love conversational comedy. <laughs> yes. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, because it's like so we get we get a group of friends camping in the woods. Uh, it's Brenda, Mark, Don, and Trip. And I love the conversation between Brenda and Don, where Don is asking Brenda if tonight's going to be the night with Trip, and she's like, "I don't know. It's kind of weird with you guys right there." <laughs> She goes, oh, that's okay. I like to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mark sidles in. He goes, so you guys talking about fucking or what? And I fucking <laughs> lost it. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? And then we suddenly get a guy come running up to the campsite saying he has to help him, that he's dangerous and he's going to change. So he's begging for them to kill him. And he starts gurgling up green slime and blood. Now, I love how there was no hesitation. He's like, I need you to kill me. And the girls are just like, all right. They pick up sticks and start beating him. (laughs) You got to try harder. (laughs) He goes, we need silver. And the one girl throws her earrings. And he goes, that's gold. (laughs) And then she throws her watch on his back. And he goes, that's fake. It's fake. And she looks over at Mark. You cheapskate. And he's like, the guy said it was fake or was real. Well, I like that they never 
clear. They never established what he's changing into. Right. Exactly. He's just. He's just. Weird. weird is goop he going pile. through puberty? <laughs> like what? Guberty. Guberty, indeed. Yeah, really. <laughs> But I love how freaking Trip slaps a pair of silver handcuffs on the guy and he stops mid-transformation as now a pile of goo, like a pile of talking goo. <laughs> and they're like, are those things silver? And he goes, or, he, or uh, Mark goes, are those silver? He goes, yeah, I like nice things. He goes, nice, bro. And just kind of claps him <laughs> on the back. <laughs> and then Dawn's like, ooh, he is kinky. <laughs> Oh my god. But then some other guy comes running up and Trip just throws an axe sticking him in the dick. <laughs> yeah, <love> that. <laughs> my dick! <laughs> he just gets <laughs> oh, and then again you get the crazy geyser of blood. Yes, it shoots a... and then that's when we find out that Trip is the uh what did they call him? The the backwoods slasher. Backwoods there to... slasher. Yep. Yes. And he's and there again... to kill the group. Stupid mask. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. It was ridiculous. Oh. It was like a big goofy buck tooth mask. It's weird. But I love how, how Trip bear hugs Mark to death and he's like, You're deceptively strong, bro. And then he just shits out his intestines. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So the whole thing, like Don and uh, and Brenda are hiding. Then Don's like, "I'm gonna go get help," and runs face first into a stick and impales her cheek. <laughs> <laughs> and then Trip throws a rock at her, and her head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> that was some Mortal Kombat level fatality right there. Oh god damn it! Yes. Oh my god! But my favorite part is where Brenda's running from Trip. And she encounters the random guy in the woods who is hunting the guy who's turning into something. And yes. then Trip just rips his legs off and he goes, ah, oh, he ripped my leg off. And then he starts hitting him with his leg. He goes, and now he's beating me with my own legs. And I just signed up for a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I got a butterfly ankle tattoo and now I'll never enjoy it. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's just so fucking silly. That's why I love this this segment so much, because it's so beyond dumb, but every line of dialogue is some silly joke. Like, I was cracking the fuck up. Also, one of the only jokes I like in SpongeBob is the running gag of the I'm a leg guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Brenda runs back to camp, and uh, now, now the monster is just, you know, a pile of goo. And... Uh, <laughs> He's like trying to get her to help him. Like, you know, uh, he wants him to, or wants her to like, you know, see if she can help change him back. And she's like, no, I can't. You're too gross. And he's like, no, it's all hypoallergenic. Come on, help me. And then Shrimp comes running along and slips in the goo and impales himself on the dude's dick axe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, say that five times fast. (laughs) Dude's dick axe. Dude's dick axe. Dick axe. So the goo pile's like, um, can, can, can you push that goo back over? Cause I, you know, I, I don't know the rules here. If I transform back and I don't have all my goo, will I have all my pieces? <laughs> this is right. I just started laughing so much. <laughs> and then she finally agrees and he, he bites her and he's he like, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Thought I could control it. And then she starts turning. And, and he slaps oh. the 
the handcuff on her. I'm sorry, what were you saying, Morris? A lot faster than he changed, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. She starts melting down into goo, and then he slaps the, uh, the handcuff on her, and then she stops. So they're both sitting there, two piles of goo, and he's like, all right, for, from, from this chunk here, that's me, <laughs> yeah. and, and then the rest is you. <laughs> then she's like, can we just stop talking? He's like, all right, fine with me. And then it's like, as it's fading out, he's like, so where are you from? <laughs> oh, my God. So we cut back to the, to the video store where Sam is acting out the melting scene. So we get some more back and forth with, with Han and, and uh, Chad, like, showing him the ropes of, like, you know, always make sure there's a video playing. What would he say? Like, yeah, the ABCs always be playing uh, video cassettes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then this, he also points out here, never go into that door. And it's marked, do not enter. We'll, we'll get back to that. But uh, so we have, uh, you know, we have Han filling out paperwork. Sam comes up, turns off one of the TVs and is like, oh, ABCs. And tries to get him in trouble. <laughs> Chad comes over, pops in a tape, which starts our next segment, Mr. <laughs> what do you guys think of this one? <laughs> oh, God. Is this the, the, the werewolf, werewolf one? one? Yes. Oh man, this one like it's weird, <laughs> but it's funny because it just plays one joke that I've always I'd never thought of it until now. Of the, there's only one way to kill a werewolf, but then it's like, wait a minute, what about chocolate? <laughs> like <laughs> yep. that cracked me up so much. And the funny thing is, like, I got giddy because that's something that I did a joke with a while ago about like the um about the werewolf, you know, like the classic Universal monsters. And the werewolf eating garbage out of or eating chocolate out of a garbage can and ending up dead. Where it's like, oh, who threw chocolate out again? <laughs> it's the poor, poor werewolf like, dead. If we ever get another monster squad, <laughs> put that in there. <laughs> it's just funny. Well, yeah, like what if can't have chocolate? What if Wolfman gets into the garbage? <laughs> he's gonna, you're gonna find him dead. Oh, Larry Talbot just rooting around in the trash. <laughs> He's going to have a, a chili fries moment, shit himself to death. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. But th- this whole whole segment cracks me up because it's like we just see the little guy, like the wimpy looking little mean character sitting at the bar drinking. And the bartender, uh, like the bartender's talking to him and he's like, you know, complaining about his home life. The bartender goes, home is where the heart is. The heart is where the blood is. And blood is thicker than water. <laughs> the guy just looks at him uncomfortably and walks away. Yeah. Like, there's no payoff for that. It's just a creepy bartender. <laughs> oh, my God. He was, so he, yeah, definitely a weird guy. Oh, I was I was cracking up. And then I, whatever. I thought they were I thought they were going with like the bartender was a vampire or something with the way his eyes looked and stuff. But yeah. And then no. he drinks the Bloody Mary. Right. And so it's like, oh, is, is this a vampire thing? But no, they just never come back to it. Right. And he goes and uh, dude goes into the men's room and he sees a sign for Mr. Men in Serious Turmoil Establishing Rights. Be a man as you stand there holding your dick. Do you realize you've been neutered? Join Mr. <laughs> so dude decides to go check it out. And it's basically an MRA group, but they're fucking werewolves because of course they are. So it's the alpha dogs actually being dogs, which cracked me the fuck up. All that, like, fucking men's rights bullshit. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's so sad. (laughs) It's 
I mean, they made fun of it years ago in uh, Married with Children. <laughs> you mm-hmm. think like mm-hmm. they would yep. get get the idea? No, no, they don't. <laughs> it's, uh, it's sad. But I did love the fact that they took the quote unquote alpha dogs and made them actual werewolves. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Oh yeah. But so dude, dude basically, you know, doesn't want to join the pack, and he decides he's going to kill them all. He put, puts his wedding ring, which is a silver ring, into a shotgun and shoots a hole in the one dude. And then, like, he he force feeds chocolate to the one. He cuts off another one's head. I can't remember how he killed all of them, but he he took out he took out most he of them. He scares one away. Yeah, there's like it, a chihuahua werewolf because they're all different werewolves. Right. And one's just like all bark no bite, and he kind of just does that like what? And like he he does like the lunge forward, like I'm gonna punch you, and the guy runs off. He's like, oh, well, well. <laughs> runs off like yelping. <laughs> and then so he kills most of the werewolves. Then he comes home to his wife. And we find out that the whole family is like a group of Satanists and the werewolf pelts are an offering. I'm like, uh, okay. Like, and then we just cut away. I'm like, cool, whatever. All right. Back, back to the video store. I got a point. I, I Hear me out. Okay. We're all members of the Rad Pantheon. Yes. Right? The mm-hmm. super secret <laughs> group of creatives. And it's been a lifelong goal of mine to be part of like a secret society, like the stonemasons, mm. you know, I'm thinking we need to up our game with the red Pantheon and get like cool secret rings and robes. <laughs> it could be like the no homers club. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think we need to get together quarterly and have like cool ceremonies with like candles and robes and shit just to look cool. <laughs> We don't have to sacrifice anything, like, right off camera. There could be, like, fruit punch and cheese balls and stuff. <laughs> but like, we need cool, like, Grim Reaper robes and secret rings <laughs> and all kinds of, like, pomp and circumstance. Just because, like, you know that's all those secret clubs. That's all it is. It's like, you, can, you can't get in the door. And once you get in there, it's like, oh, look, we have a deli meat tray <laughs> and a foosball table. There's and nothing Bob, special about it. but Bob brought macaroons. Yeah. Like, I just... <laughs> I've always wanted that. You know, I've always wanted somebody to be like, what's the Rad Pantheon? I'd be like, I can't tell you. See, you can't now, be a Rad Panther. Sorry, it's top secret. You you know you know, if we had rings, they would be like the old masters of the universe glow-in-the-dark skull rings, right? Oh, absolutely. It would be like <laughs> a cheap, like, 80s gas station biker pewter ring of a panther head with, like, glued <laughs> on jewel eyes. You know? Yes. Like, <laughs> It would look super gaudy. It'd have a little battery pack. You'd press a button. It would go like. Yeah. Like like anytime anybody looks at it, it would make the Panther sound like. It would sound like a sex Panther from, from Anchorman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So when people ask you like, what's a, what's a red Panther? You can always, you could make the joke of like 65% of the time I could tell you about it or, you know, I don't know. (laughs) 65% of the time it works every time. 65 percent of the time it works 100 percent of the time we we could always get the secret decoder ring from a christmas story we could oh yeah drink your ovaltine <laughs> yeah right. it'll remind <laughs> us to drink our ovaltine come on think of all of that like abandoned real estate niagara falls we could pick any of them and turn them into our cool clubhouse <laughs> oh hell yeah have and a door would... with like a notch that slides open so you can peek out and be all judgmental if people want to come in and it would be super creepy because it would be downtown and look like the walking dead yeah, so, you know, 
So it would be a, a top secret group of creatives from around the world and crackheads. Yes. Yeah. Well, they'd be our guards. <laughs> they'd be hanging out outside. But yeah, we could have like Tromaville, Niagara Falls, nuclear mutant punks. <laughs> to stand outside <laughs> exactly i mean it makes sense they filmed the last uh nukem high in niagara falls so you know well, yeah, it is <laughs> yep it was it filmed is, right next it to is my work. <laughs> like... it was it was literally filmed next door to my work which was crazy <laughs> like on my break i would go and watch what was going on oh my god but anyway back to the video store <laughs> I love this because uh, Sam is fucking with Hans more. He goes, do you know why they, or do you know what they call Goldie Hawn and the fetish community? And he's like, no. And he goes, they find a guy named Han and they piss on him. But I'm not going to do that to you because I don't have that fetish. I was like, what? A Goldie Hawn. I was like, God, that's funny. So then we see uh, an evil balloon, like, or we see like a red balloon floating by the evil clown section of the uh, of the video store. They both go over and they see Chad come out with the balloon, and he looks back at him. He's like, "Nothing," and he runs into the room that says "Do not enter." And then Sam's like, "Some people have balloon fetishes too." <laughs> we cut to the next segment. You think if there was an Asian Han Solo, he would be Han Solo? Maybe. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts with Mike O'May. Um, so our next segment is Girls' Night Out of Body. So this is the one, the first of the the ones that uh, all of us kind of agree is kind of crappy. Like, I get where they're going with it. It starts okay, and then it just goes off the rails. And, like, it does not stick the landing. It's very lazy. Like, I, I would give this a C- minus if I was, like, grading the homework, where it's just like, yeah, this is what you put together. Yeah, it feels like they were going somewhere and just stopped. Yeah, or like, did you run out of money? Yeah. Like, what, what happens? Well, because basically we, we see three ladies in like a little bodega. Uh, one of them sees a giant orange skull sucker that says not for sale. The girls buy some stuff and leave and we pan over and see the sucker's gone because they stole it. The girls head to the place that they're staying and as some unforeseen person is following them and watching through the windows. So we have, like, a killer stalking them, but we don't know anything about the killer, why he's there, what he's doing, why he's targeting them. We don't even see him until the very end. We just see POV shots. So the girls are just kind of having a little party inside the, the room. The one girl reveals that she stole the sucker. Two of them, you know, take some licks on the sucker. And the one girl says that she doesn't feel good. She lays down. When she gets up, she has an orange skull face and black taloned hands. And then the other girl turns into the weird skull monster. And then the last girl's like, well, when in Rome, you know, and she licks it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, before that, they call the bodega. And the old lady just laughs at them. Doesn't say anything. She just laughs at them. And then so she's like, well, I guess I'm going to turn too. So she turns into the skull monster. And then we see the killer about to open the door. The door opens. They pull him in and murder him and then have a pillow fight while music plays. And then we cut back to the we cut back to the video store. <laughs> it, yeah. And the the skull faces look like shit. Oh, like it's really time. clear they just went to Party City, bought some skull masks, and glued them on their faces. Yeah. Like the one is even kind of coming undone around the jaw. Yeah, it's lazy. It doesn't fit the quality of like the rest of the film. 
Like this really, I would have just been like, no, we can't have this in the movie. We got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Unless it must have been like the one of the producers was like, listen, my uh, my grandson, he uh, he thinks he's a filmmaker. You're gonna put him in the movie, right? And it's like, <laughs> oh, shit. All right. <laughs> I like how every time we do like a producer or like a director, they all talk like this. See, <laughs> like every one of us do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's that like. <laughs> Yeah. That's the businessman voice. <laughs> the slimy older guy. Oh, shit. Now, the only payoff to this segment is the when we come out of it and come back to the video store. Because we see the pillow fight and we cut back to Han trying to cash some customers out while Chad is beating him with a pillow, screaming, don't lose focus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the only good part about that last scene is it bleeds into that joke. But then he's like telling Hod he's got to clean the bathroom and he's like, oh, and you got to clean the piranha tank. And he goes, why do you have that? He's like, ah, it was a promotion, you know, whatever. It didn't work. And then we cut to the piranhas who are clearly fish on strings, which in the trivia, (laughs) it says the piranhas died. So they were literally puppeteering them on fishing line because they had no choice. Uh, Which made me laugh even harder because I'm like, I thought it was just fake fish, but you literally <laughs> killed the fish. Like, what yep. the fuck? says it was a promotion for piranha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then he goes, it didn't work. Oh my God. <laughs> but so Sam complains to them both that he deserves the job, but he has to leave because his mom came to pick him up. <laughs> he's like, I'll be back. And he walks away. And then we cut to segment five. The night he came back again, part four, the final kill. Oh, man. <laughs> this is my second favorite. Oh, yeah, agreed. So good. Yeah. It's so good. Because, yeah, we, we start out with a, a couple making out on a bed while someone is clearly watching from the closet. Suddenly, a masked killer breaks in through the window. A group of teens jump out from the closet and attack him. The two people in the bed jump up and also start attacking him. They electrocute him until he's incapacitated. And then we fade to black. We cut back in and we see the group of teens standing around the killer tied up, you know, talking about what they need to do with him. That every year this guy comes back and kills this girl Daisy's boyfriend. <laughs> and I love how her new boyfriend looks scared and she's like, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> So they stab the shit out of him, you know, again and again, making a big bloody mess. And Greg, like, it looks like he dies. And Greg, her boyfriend, gets excited, saying, he's dead. Now he can finally go all the way. And she goes, I'm not sure. He might still come back. And he goes, Daisy, he's dead. Now have sex with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I hate when that happens. The killer just stabs him in the fucking face. (laughs) I laughed so damn hard when he's just like, Bark! just gets impaled in the face. <laughs> but so then they, they hook him up to jumper cables to try to fry him. And I love it because Daisy turns around and goes, why are they on his nipples? <laughs> and they're like, isn't that where they go? She goes, we're not making a porno. Hook it up to his <laughs> neck. So they, they hook him up, they fry him. And then we get Seth, the guy who's pre-med takes out a stethoscope and checks for a heartbeat. We see the killer's heartbeat. Electricity shoots up the stethoscope into Seth's ears, exploding his head. 
again, I had to pause the movie because I just cackled so fucking hard when his head went. <laughs> it, was just, it was like a fucking watermelon. It was great. Great practical effect, too. Oh, it was mm-hmm. so good. So they then pry the killer's mouth open with a crowbar and shove fireworks down his throat. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's such a good kill. Because we have to, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention, this takes place on 4th of July. Every 4th of July he comes yes. around. So mm-hmm. he's he's the 4th of July killer. But uh, so they, they light the fireworks and it, the fireworks go off, blowing up, causing him to get ripped in half. They, but the, you miss the part where they're both trying to make like a pun, a fourth of oh, July yeah. pun. <laughs> they both suck. The one guy goes, "Say hi to the founding fathers, asshole." <laughs> I forget what the other one says, but so Chloe goes over and picks up the killer's legs and goes, "What should we do with these?" But the legs come to life and wrap around her neck. The intestines <laughs> shoot up into the rafters and hang Chloe with the man's legs. So now we just have Will and Daisy. Will professes his love for Daisy, and the two go to kiss, but the killer wakes up. <laughs> I love this because Daisy forces Will to remove the killer's mask so she can look him in the face before she shoots him with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at him and freezes. And, and Will she's goes, a tr- yeah, <laughs> go ahead. You're, you think he's hot. <laughs> he goes, are you into him? <laughs> And then the killer smiles at Daisy and grabs Will by the throat. And he's like, "Fucking shoot him!" And yeah, but she, he, he, but he's still making that noise, that k- 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 yeah, whatever noise he's making. He's like gurgling, but then she's like, "I can't." He just goes, "I hate you." <laughs> then she kills her. He kills him. <laughs> so Daisy shoots the killer in the face and then calls to rent a wood chipper. <laughs> Smash cut to Daisy shoving the killer's pieces into the wood chipper. The killer wakes up and mutters, Daisy, I'm your brother, before being sucked through and spewed out into a bloody soup on the other side of the wood chipper. Daisy, so she was, she okay. was into her brother. Yeah, well, you know, incest is best. Keep it in the family, I guess. It's the, uh, <laughs> the Halloween ends ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But Daisy smiles and looks up at the fireworks as they go off across the sky and she wanders away from the wood chipper. We cut back to the bloody pool and a hand forms up out of the goo and reaches toward the sky. Cut back to to, uh, the store and we see that Han has chewed up fingers from the piranha tank. (laughs) (laughs) And I love... Oh, good. I think the franchise that does this the best of we hilariously killed you in the last movie. How are we going to explain how you came back? Mm-hmm. Like I think Child's Play is the most creative, but <laughs> oh, absolutely! Child's the, uh, Play definitely get gets away with some crazy shit. You know, the Monster Squad again, where um, they're on the roof watching like Groundhog's Day Part Nine, and he's like, "So he put him in a wood chipper, and he put the parts in a box, and buried him on the opposite poles of the planet, or it's something to that effect." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah, but he's back." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but how did he come back? No, I, I always do enjoy that when they actually explain, like, so they have some crazy convoluted way that the killer comes back. I always like seeing that. That's why I get frustrated at the idea of, like, the the sequels that go, oh, yeah, forget about all the other sequels. We're just going to do a sequel to this one. <coughs> Halloween. Oh, come on. <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Halloween, te- Texas Chainsaw, um, Alien is going to do it. It's like, come on, guys. Like, Godzilla. Stop. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. If it's I so need, like, a pie chart... 
and like a cork board and string and push pins <laughs> to understand your bullshit timeline, just don't do it. Yep, totally, totally <laughs> agree. Just totally go make a, a Critters sequel and shut the fuck up. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, look, look how many times Full Moon just makes sequels to movies. It's like, it, does it matter that they can, they don't connect perfectly? Nah, fuck it. Just keep going. No, you just, they're like, plot, whatever. There's a puppet. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> this time they're evil. Next time they're going to be good. You'll yeah, like, like it. It's, just... <laughs> it's, it's garbage food. Eat it. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Puppets. Exactly. But I, I love this scene, though, where we we see Han and Chad, like, eating lunch. <laughs> Chad's like, are you still mad at me? And he holds up his fingers, and they're all chewed up. And then Chad just goes, ooh, I have to poop. And he runs away. <laughs> <laughs> the, the suddenness of which he was like, I gotta poop. <laughs> like, Damn crack- chili fries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn enchiladas. But. Han looks up at the do not enter room and Chad pops out of the bathroom and goes, if you go anywhere near that door, I'll have to kill you. And then he farts and goes, oh, and runs back. (laughs) 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 I got the bubble gut. (laughs) So Chad tells Han to go brew some fresh coffee. He does so and he turns off the lights in the room with the coffee maker, revealing secret messages on the wall that say, no, daddy, not here. It's like, that's (laughs) fucking creepy. He then sees a videotape marked Watch Me and puts it in the VCR, which cuts us to our next segment, which is the other one that all three of us are kind of like, man, so much to do. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? what the fuck was this? You know, I I still don't understand. And this is after watching it critically. I still don't understand exactly what they were getting at. It feels like the show. OK, so there's a show called Battle of the Mages. And it seems like they possess another person and have them battle it out. And then whoever the victor is, you know, like wins on the show. That's what it seemed like. But I don't know. Why? You've got five minutes to tell the story. Why the fuck would you make it that complicated? Yeah, it's so confusing. Because, like, we, we open with a car driving down the road at night. We pan over to to see, uh, like, a guy tied up in the trunk of the car. And then the car stops. The drivers get out, and they're, like, men in black, like black jackets and black hats. They almost look like the uh, Spy vs. Spy guys. Yeah, but, like, it's pitch black out, and this one guy has a cartoonishly large hat. Yeah. Like, and I don't know how he sees. It's so weird. Uh, so they, they drag the guy out. They drag him into the middle of the woods. They dig a hole. And then, like, the guy, t- the one of the drivers takes his glove off. And the Omega sign appears in his hand and he like slaps it on the the tied up man's forehead and burns the Omega symbol into his head. And then the guy drops into the grave and they bury him. And then smoke comes up out of the grave and starts snaking across the ground. Like, what? Yeah, and (laughs) I have so much to do. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's right. Before he falls into the grave, he says, I have so much to do. Um, Watch TV? Right. And then we we cut to a random lady smoking in her her car, telling her friend about a show that they're both watching and how she's not caught up and doesn't want any spoilers. And that's Battle of the Mages, apparently. Maybe because I well, because I don't know, because at the end when she gets spoiled, she's like they they killed the cousin. And I'm like, who? What? How? Like, 
it, what? it doesn't make any sense. So basically, she's complaining. She flings her cigarette out the car. Smoke surrounds the car. And she's like, oh, shit, I'll call you back. Jumps up out of the car, goes to put out her cigarette, thinking that it started a fire, but it didn't. And then dude appears out of the smoke in front of her, says, I have so much to do. And then the smoke sucks into her nose and eyes and everything, and he she gets possessed. Then she says, I have so much to do, and goes home. And we now see the guy with the Omega symbol on his head walk into the house, turn on the TV, which is Battle of the Mages. And then he starts hearing, you know, hey, that's my body, stands up and goes and looks in the mirror and sees the woman standing next to him whose body he possessed. And then they fight on, as on the TV. It's talking about two mages fighting. Like, what, huh? Like, like they couldn't have just both enjoyed the, the TV show? Right. Well, she wasn't caught up yet. <laughs> wait, 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 what? Yeah, exactly. She wasn't caught up on the show yet. So. No, it's just like they don't have the time to establish this crazy fucking plot. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. basically fight over the remote control and a very like okay. overdone fight. Mm-hmm. Like giant uppercuts and you know big roundhouse kicks and they break a table. Eventually she wins, but she's beat to hell. She turns off the show and goes back out to her car. And then she looks at her at her phone and her friend, you know, sends a text spoiling the show. She gets all pissed off saying, I hate spoilers and drives off. And then the two guys who killed the first guy start following her. And that's where it ends. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, It makes zero sense. It's it was it was it was it was a bad one uh, that yeah. and, and Girls Night Out, a body like both of those just really do not pay off at all. Yeah, I. I, I I I kind of zoned out this 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 part. I just didn't like it. Yeah, yeah I'm with I, you, man. I took a few minutes to pour um, some Hollow Creek Farm hot sauce on some chips and, <laughs> and get it all over my shirt. <laughs> you you didn't miss anything. <laughs> I know, but it, it's just like weird. So now we we cut back to the video store. We see Han take the the tape out of the VCR. And he goes over to the do not enter door. Chad catches him. And I love it because he goes to hand him a McMuffin. He goes, McGuffin? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, what? He goes, McMuffin? <laughs> and then he goes, hey, wait, you opened the door, didn't you? You know the dark secret. He's like, oh. And he walks past Han and opens the door. And it shows it was a bunch of balloons. And it says, best new employee, best friend. <laughs> and he's got a cake. And he's like, well, I've ruined the surprise. And then Chad goes goes off like while he's eating the cake about how his least favorite horror trope is when someone is blathering on and on and on, ignoring what's happening around them and then gets attacked. While he's doing this, Han pops up behind him and beats him with a phone, knocking him out. (laughs) So now Chad wakes up in a room underground with a whole bunch of other people. Turns out Han is a scientist and helps run some kind of experiment. And this is the final segment, um, which I didn't write down the name of. Why didn't I write the name of? Damn it. I think it's just the, like, it's the, the Impalers. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah but. damn it. I didn't write down the name. Um, but yeah, so basically it's going to be a, uh, this group is studying slasher killers. Like they're studying like what effect they have on reality, which is kind of a cool concept because it's like, it's playing with the ideas and tropes of slashers. Um, oh, I, th- I think the last one's called uh, Horror Hypothesis. Horror Hypothesis. Thank you very yeah. much. Yes, Thank that you. is correct. 
Um, I do really like the uh, the back and forth we get here. So like, Chad appears in the in the room with a bunch of different people, and like scientists come in, uh, Han and like two guards, and they take a woman out of there. And now we cut out of the room. Like when they leave, we see two security guards who should be watching the security cameras, but instead are talking about Game of Thrones. And I love it because the one guy, <laughs> he's talking about like. <laughs> The cousins fucking where he's like, oh, the good end, the good kind of incest. And he goes, there is no good incest. <laughs> I was cracking up at that. Like he kept bringing up good incest, and he's like, no, dude, there's no good incest. It's not that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's like it's not right. Oh man, but so I love people it. that say like, is it rape or is it rape, rape? Right. Exactly. What's like, the difference? Still, yeah, it's like no, you 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 can't you cannot make a differentiation on in this topic. But like, I, I love when we cut back to Chad because he's looking around the room and he realizes that they're in a horror movie, and he points out the stoner, um, who if you notice the clock behind him says four twenty. Um, he points at the jock who's wearing the outfit that uh, freaking Johnny Depp wears in the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And then he points at the slut and he goes, the slut. And she's just like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he points at the black guy. And the black guy's like, don't even. He goes, I, I was going to say British. I, I, I thought I heard an accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this cracks me up so much because I would become Rad Chad. This is what I'm like in like a haunted house. <laughs> like, don't take me because <laughs> I just become a talkative douche. I just get giggly and jumpy. <laughs> but, and then, of course, he points at, at the, the one girl and he goes, and of course, the final girl. And they're like, well, what does that make you? And he's like, I'm the know-it-all horror guy. And the one guy goes, that's eh, not really a horror trope. And he goes, Randy, Randy and Scream. It's yeah, totally a yeah. thing. <laughs> he invented it. <laughs> I was cracking up. Well, actually, no, he didn't invent it. But anyway. But yeah, but um, but then I like we, we cut to where the girl got taken. She got taken to a room with two treadmills. And they put her on the treadmill, and then they bring in the Devil's Lake Impaler, <laughs> and they put him on a treadmill behind her. And they're like, run, sweetie, run. So she starts to run, and every few minutes she trips. So because she's in close proximity to the to the slasher, she keeps tripping. Which I thought, I was like, that's funny that they, they kind of said that it's, it's something mystical that happens with slashers. I want to add something here, and yeah, I'm going to be in a the huge minority. I like this whole segment better than Cabin in the Woods. Really? Yes. Wow. I, I can't go there with you. Because, See, um, as uh, I was I, saying earlier, Cabin in the Woods talks down to you. Okay. We're going to say I'm not, Yeah, uh, I'm really surprised. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah, no, I, I love Cabin in the Woods. Um, um, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, I like it. But it, it just didn't work for me. You know, I, I constantly felt like I was above it. Maybe my ego got in the way or something. Like I needed it to be that one level above, which this is for the meta commentary and the jokes. I I have to say though, now you're, you're feeding right into their ending. No, their their ending was that the audience is the gods that are not going to be happy with it and therefore are going to destroy it. Yeah. And I, (laughs) I had the gripe of, the knockoff, like you have pinhead at home aspects <laughs> of it where I was like, I watching it. I, I was always like, you could have done anything else then. Right. 
So why why do you like a pale imitation? Anyway. True. It's good. I'm just I, saying I like this more. I'm also the guy who doesn't like Halloween. This is true. This is true. <laughs> I, I have Santa. weird tastes. I love Halloween. At least, well, <laughs> I love the original Halloween. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I can't say, like, I don't have a good argument. I just don't mm. like it. I yeah, mean, it's we, like, here is this delicious steak, and I'm just like, I don't like this. It's just personal preference. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, give me Salisbury and ketchup. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, you have ramen in the cupboard? I would prefer that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I can definitely understand. I, I've I've talked to a few people who don't like uh, Cabin in the Woods, and I, and I can understand that. But for me, as far as, like, the meta stuff goes, like, I think that one is is definitely one of my favorites. Um, but this is, this is good. Like I, what they do with the short amount of time that they have, this is an excellent meta commentary on horror movies. Yes. But I, I love how we, we see the devil's like a pallor escape. He escapes capt- captivity and starts killing everyone while the security guards continue to discuss game of Thrones, including like making a whole whiteboard about it. And you just see on the cameras, like the killer just murdering everybody in the facility. <laughs> <laughs> So we get uh, Chad and the gang break out. We see Han gets killed. And uh, the black guy goes running and the jock goes to follow. Or no, sorry, the stoner goes to follow. And Chad stops and goes, no, 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 don't, 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 don't. And then you just see an axe come flying down the hall and hit him in the back. He goes, oh, yep, saw that coming. But <laughs> that's like... also a trope, <clears throat> a trope that you've proven to be bullshit. Right, exactly. It's been, it's definitely, definitely bullshit. But there are also a lot of slasher movies that do do that. So, I mean, that's why my, one of my, actually the only joke in scary movie that I think really works, like scary movie, it has its moments, but the funniest joke in that movie that just continually makes me laugh anytime I see it is where we get all the news crews out in front of the high school after the first murder. And they're all talking about the girl getting murdered. And then you see the, it's like black news. And the guy just goes, all we know is white people are fucking dying and we getting the fuck out of here. And they all jump in the van and get the hell out of here. <laughs> and it cracks me up every fucking time. There's like that one character in scream two or three, the cameraman who, in part two, the cameraman who's just like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> he actually survives too. Yeah. <laughs> but so now like after the after the black guy dies with the hatchet to the back, they look, they see uh, you know, the devil's like a paller chasing them and they take off. And I love it when they, <laughs> they see the treadmill kill. Where the fucking Oh god, it's so awesome. The security guards are like, you know, the woman breaks and she's like, "What are you guys doing?" and they're like, "Uh um uh Game of Thrones." <laughs> And then she's standing there at the door, and a treadmill fucking hits her and takes her out of frame. The guy goes, was that a treadmill? <laughs> they go, and it fucking impaled her into the wall, cutting her in half. I gotta yeah, like, say, that's, they, a, that's a first for me. Yeah, it's yep. a great effect, because they actually <laughs> <laughs> they have her ripped in half with the treadmill. The only way that I think that would have been funnier is if the treadmill was still running, and we just saw her intestines like going around it. That would have been hilarious. Mm-hmm. Or, but like, still... her upper part of her body moved forward with the treadmill <laughs> right. while her lower half was stuck to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been fantastic. But so the, the, uh, we, we find out, or we, we, we see our main group, Chad and the, the others, uh, they go into an office where we find out all the information, how they're studying slashers. This is where 
remember what I was saying earlier, we see all the stuff like the Cenobite Cafe. This is all in this room. Yeah. Um, but we find out that they're studying slashers and we see stuff like if a killer is more than 14 meters or clo- uh, 14 meters or closer, a car won't start like 85% of the time. Uh, cell service will, will, will give out. People will <clears throat> trip when they're trying to run. So there's like all these rules with, with slashers. And the <laughs> fucking Will tell uh, the, the stoner tells this story about the Devil's Lake Impaler. <laughs> And it's fucking great. It's so good. Like, I didn't write everything down, but he talks about how he wasn't always crazy. You know, there was this little boy who was fighting cancer, and the Devil's Lake Impaler donated both of his lungs to save him. (laughs) Then the lady goes, you can't donate both your lungs. And he's like, well, whatever. He did something. (laughs) And they're like, he had cancer, and you know, the devil's like impaler helped him get over it. But then this frat murdered him due to hazing. And they're like, wait, the kid was in college, and he's like, hey, whatever, it was a frat. <laughs> <laughs> so the devil's like impaler got his revenge on the frat, and now he wears all their faces as a mask. And you see the the mask he's wearing is like several faces stitched together. It's fantastic. And he's wearing a frat sweater. Yes, that the, the, was a Delta, Alpha, whatever, Epsilon, yeah. <laughs> that hole that spells death. But, and then we hear the, we suddenly hear the aliens motion tracker sound, and we see like this yeah, big oh God, box. so funny. I love it. The big box on the wall, it's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> They're like, oh God, what's going on? And then the stoner shoots through the doors, like, you know, he freaks out and, sh- and you know, he, pull, uh, he pulls out a gun, and Chad's like, where'd you get a gun? And then he shoots through the door and kills whoever's on the other side. They open it up and it was the poor treadmill girl. And Chad goes, oh, nameless girl. She didn't, you know, she, she, she never stood a chance. And the other girl was like, her name was so, it's like, she gives her name. It's like, she was a kindergarten teacher. She was married. And Chad's like, oh, that's a bummer. (laughs) But then, you know, he makes the comment about the slut and the jock are probably banging it out right now. And then we cut to what we think is the slut and the jock. And, like, we hear all this grunting and groaning outside of a room, and we cut in, and we see that she's got this huge gash in her leg. And he's, like, ripping off his shirt and trying to, like, give her a tourniquet. And so, you know, womp womp. Um, but then, you know, Chad and the others are looking around. They hear, they hear another, like, beep coming toward them. They go to run away, and suddenly it's Joe Bob. Oh, God. <laughs> Joe Bob to the rescue. This is how I would react. Oh, absolutely. Chad it, freaks the hell out. Oh, it's so funny. It's like, don't you know who this is? It's Joe Bob. He's he's forgotten more about horror than I'll ever know. Like he's so he's Papa? so giddy. Papa? Yeah, Papa. <laughs> now, to be fair, Joe Bob is the only celebrity that I got starstruck around. Like, I have met a lot of celebrities at conventions when me and Maurice went to go watch his, like, how Redneck saved Hollywood speech. And then, like, I got to meet him and Darcy afterward. Like, I didn't know what to say. Like, there were so many things I wanted to say. And it was just like, hi, Joe Bob. (laughs) Like, I didn't know what to fucking say. I was so fucking starstruck. But again, I've been watching him since I was a kid. So it's. Yeah, Joe Joe Bob is the horror host that I think of all the time. Like in in the pantheon of horror hosts, he's my favorite. But uh, so, you know, he basically he tells the group that they're saved now because Joe Bob's there, blah, blah, blah. 
And um, I love it because Joe Bob can't get his name right. He's like, what's your name? He goes, Chad. He goes, all right, Brad, listen up. He's like, <laughs> he goes, I know it's a horror movie. You know it's a horror movie. And he points at the screen and goes, they know it's a horror movie. But then he points at the survivors. He goes, but they don't know. We got to save them. <laughs> Brad's all excited. He looks at him. He goes, you know what, Brad? You're the personification of what internet, what the internet did to film criticism. And Chad <laughs> goes, oh, thank you. <laughs> and so we get them all in the elevator. They're trying to get away. And uh, like, freaking, what is it? Before, oh, I'm sorry. Before they, they, they get away, um, Chad had mentioned, he mentioned something about the, the final girl in the slut. And then the one girl goes, I'm a virgin. And he's like, no, you can't be. You, you know, you're the slut. You got to be. He goes, because she's the final girl. She's a virgin. And the other girl's like, no, I'm I'm, I'm totally not. And the door <laughs> opens and she gets impaled with a pipe. <laughs> but Chad's like, oh, the impaler. I get it. <laughs> 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 and so they continue to go up another level. And then the jock runs out like he goes looking for the impaler. So he eventually finds out where the Impaler is. He runs in. He goes to fight him. He gets knocked in the face, and we hear the Wilhelm scream as he slides back out of the door. <laughs> they, man, my whole <laughs> life, nobody's ever done this, and I just want multiple Wilhelm screams in one scene. Right. I don't know how you can make it happen. Like, a bunch of people <laughs> fall off a cliff, and each one of them has the scream or something. It's just every time it happens, I laugh. Oh, no, the, the Wilhelm scream is always going to be funny. It's hilarious. But I do like, there was one thing I missed here. When the, when the jock first goes running off, he slips in blood and falls, and they cut away real quick. Like, I don't know if that was supposed to be, like, if he was supposed to do that because of how hard they cut. I think they just kept it in because it was funny. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think yeah. the guy actually fell. <laughs> but so he goes to fight the Devil's Lake Impaler. He goes to punch him. The guy grabs his fist, breaks his hand, then breaks his arm, like breaks the bone out of it, oh, and gnarly. and stabs Jock through the through the side of the head with his own arm bones. It's like, damn, okay. <laughs> so we cut back to the elevator. Joe Bob tells him, "Whatever you do, don't touch the security self destruct system." As Chad hits all the buttons and triggers the system. <laughs> why? Why is there a security self destruct system in an elevator? I know, right. <laughs> and then we hear the 10 minutes till self-destruction and Joe Bob's like, don't worry, I know how to reset it. So he goes off on his own to reset the system. <laughs> They're like, Chad, Chad's like, don't worry guys, it's Joe Bob. He's going to save us. And then the lights turn back on. Everything goes back to normal. He's like, see, I told you they get out of the elevator and we see Joe Bob get thrown through the wall and slide along the floor. <laughs> Papa. <laughs> it's over. Papa, are you okay? <laughs> And I love come, come here. <laughs> it's so funny. First, he, Joe Bob's laying there bleeding from his mouth and eyes, and he goes, can you just leave? <laughs> <laughs> and Chad's like, oh, my God, Papa. And he's like, come here, come closer. You're a moron. <laughs> and apparently a bunch of Joe Bob's lines were all just improv, <laughs> so which I thought was great. So Chad goes on as, as Joe Bob dies. He tells the group it's his destiny to face the Impaler. He puts on Joe Bob's hat and goes out into the hallway and is instantly killed by the Impaler. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He gets his arm lopped off and then his face punched in. Oh my God, I laughed so hard when he got killed. Like, because it was just like, 
goodbye arm, goodbye face. And you're not expecting it. Mm-hmm. So the stoner and the final girl get back in the elevator and they, they take it all the way up to topside, like to the ground, or to, to like, you know, out from underground. Um, they run out and they're out by the video store and they're sitting there trying to figure out a plan. They have this whole conversation about how horror movies work. Because that's the other thing I forgot to mention. The whole time when Chad's going on about a horror movie, Will's trying to say, maybe it's like The Breakfast Club. Maybe we're in a John Hughes movie. It's not a horror movie. <laughs> John Hughes. Hey, John Hughes. <laughs> but so eventually they're they're talking about how horror movies end. And he goes, the only one I can remember is Friday the 13th Part 4. You know, the one with Corey Feldman. And she's like, the Lost Boys guy? He's like, no, that was Corey Haim. She's like, no, I think that was Licensed to Drive. <laughs> like, this is what, this is where the movie was like gold star status. Oh, yeah. Corey, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman joke. You've won. <laughs> like, yep. You have my unanimous approval. And a, a fucking Corey Feldman from Friday the 13th fucking reference, too. Like, they actually reference what happens. Oh. Cause... <laughs> it's hilarious. Fucking Will is like, wait, Corey Feldman, I've got a plan. And then we cut to Sam walking up to the store while the Impaler is watching him from the roof. <laughs> Sam puts this, his, his uh, return videotape in the, you know, the return slot. And the Impaler jumps down. He goes, I swear I rewound it. (laughs) (laughs) He he cuts Sam's guts open. He just goes, owie, and he dies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So we see the stoner dressed up like Corey Feldman at the end of Friday the 13th, part four. Polo shirt and all. He's like, I forget what he called the Impaler, but he's like, it's me. It's Jimmy, the little boy you donated your lungs to. I survived cancer. <laughs> the impaler comes over to hug him, and the uh, the final girl runs up with a, like a cut cable and electrocutes him as soon as he steps into a puddle of water. <laughs> so the devil's like impaler falls over, seemingly dead. They get in the car, but of course it won't start. They remember that uh, you know if the killer is more than fourteen meters, or if the killer is fourteen meters near them, they're not going to be able to start the car. So the stoner has to get out and move him. And he's like, oh, come on. I don't want to move him. And she's like, hey, don't be the final boy. Be a final man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God damn it. That would be the best T-shirt. I know, right? <laughs> so he gets out and he drags the Impaler away. The car starts. She looks around. The stoner's gone. The Impaler's gone. And then suddenly it's they're right in front of the car, even though she was already looking there. <laughs> And he's just ripping the stoner in half, dick first. Which is telegraphed in the big cameo scene. It's written on a marker board, like the steps the movie's going to take. Yep. And it says stoner wishbone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. So she she turns the car, she you know has the car running. She drives into the Impaler, hits him and takes off driving. She drives off into the morning, and eventually she stops the car. She she uh, she she thinks about the devil's like impaler. Turns around, he's in the back seat. He grabs her. She wakes up. She's like, "Oh, it was just a dream." Then he's next to her, and she wakes up. And then suddenly she turns, and the devil's like impaler is behind her, and he impales through the seat with a pipe, just missing her. She jumps out of the car and runs off as Mike from the cold open comes running over. 
And the Devil's Wake Impaler is trying desperately to get out of the back seat, but he looks and sees child locks. So he can't escape the car. (laughs) And then Mike is holding a lit cigarette and he goes, don't worry, I don't smoke. It's my job. And he flicks the cigarette into a line of gasoline that runs up to the car and blows it up as they run off smiling. (laughs) The fucking credits roll. And the devil's like impaler says, fuck. Or shit or something. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking credits roll the end. Like it ends so abruptly, but so fantastically. Chef's kiss. (laughs) It's so good. Like this, this is the type of shit I love watching around Halloween. Yes. Where it's just silly, fun, like frenetic horror. You know, this is why I love anthologies around this time of year. You don't have to pay attention. <clears throat> and I'm going to make an assumption that like at least 75% of your listening audience has Shudder. Oh, probably. And yeah. I'm going to make uh, another assumption that 75% of that 75% math time only watches Shudder around Halloween, but they pay for it for the whole year. Probably. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm telling you now, this episode, this is going to drop in October, right? Oh, yeah. Watch Scare Package 1. Watch Scare Package 2. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think. It's not subtitled like a lot of the movies on uh, Shudder are. You can just sit back, relax, eat whatever your favorite snack is, scratch your balls, whatever it is you do, ladies, and enjoy scare package it's so much fun i like how you threw scratch your balls in there <laughs> <laughs> i was just picturing like i only watch shutter when everybody's in bed because nobody mm-hmm. wants to watch it with me and then it's just me and my boxer shorts and like grizzly bear slippers eating cereal <laughs> out of the box <laughs> scratching my nuts and just being like oh this is a good movie <laughs> like, it's that's every night of the week almost you know, the funny thing for me with Shudder is, like, I don't watch it nearly as much as I should for having a monthly subscription. I probably, I, like, there's, there's probably several months out of the year I don't even turn it on. Um, but, like, I will, I you know, I watch, you know, The Last Drive-In because I fucking love that show. Um, and then there are times where I will binge stuff where there'll be, like, a whole series of movies on Shudder that I'm like, I want to watch all of them. You know, like, I, I did that when they had all the Halloween movies I think, la- last year. And I watched all the Halloween movies on there, um, even though I own <laughs> all of them. It was just one of those ads eh, on streaming. Let's watch it. You know, I have literally like I just have to get up and walk three steps. So I could get the DVD mm-hmm. and I'm so lazy. I won't watch it. Yep. But if it's streaming, it's like, ah, money well spent. Yep. <laughs> I watch it. And it's like, what's wrong with you? it's it it is it is honestly it is the laziness of streaming because yeah as much as i love my physical media i yeah i watch streaming more than anything i'm sorry what were you gonna say i was gonna say i do the same thing i got the dvds right there but i'm just it's so much faster just to hit play Mm mm-hmm and that's the thing. The whole reason I used to buy DVDs in the first place is because I loved commentary tracks and special features and all that. And a lot of DVDs now don't even do that. And, like you have to get the Blu-ray if you want that kind of stuff. And not even all the Blu-rays do that now. Well, no. you you can buy them digitally, and they can come with all the features now too. That's true. I don't, I don't true. trust it. 
Yeah, the thing I don't like about buying things digital digitally is the simple fact that they've already shown, uh, particularly with Amazon, they've already shown that if they pull the licensing uh, from whatever company you bought it from digitally, if you're watching it digitally on their platform, you cannot have, you know, you, you basically can lose your rights to watching it even even if you paid for it. It's basically you're paying for the ability to watch it as long as it's on their platform. Which is bullshit. And yep. you need that, like, cartoonish, gigantic wall of movies, like a ye olden library in your study. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't have books, but you bet your ass I have Weasels Rip My Flesh on DVD. <laughs> Like, I'm going to buy. I like Scare Package so much, I'm going Mm -hmm. to buy it. Because who knows? Shudder's going to go away someday. Then what? So then I tell people about this great movie. They'd be like, oh, I can't watch it. It's not streaming. I have this thing called the DVD. (laughs) Or like, I have a VHS tape. (laughs) Uh, It's like what I told you the other day, though. I think DVDs are going away. Oh, they are. They absolutely are. Yeah. Um, physical media in general, it's going to become a niche market. Like it's like places like Vinegar Syndrome, that's going to be like where people will get DVDs and it's going to be ridiculous because instead of being $10, they're going to be like 30 and $40 a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the same thing with video games. Like if you, if you look at how video games were years ago, nobody wanted to go to an all digital platform. And now all the major consoles have like digital only consoles. And the problem with that though, as we've seen is like, like Microsoft, they did this when I had the 360. Um, if it pulled, if they pulled the the game from the store, even if you bought it, if you didn't have it downloaded to your hard drive, you lost it forever. So it didn't matter if you if you owned it, if you paid for it, if you deleted it to free up some space, you couldn't re-download it because it was no longer in the store. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of of digital platforms are doing that now, where it's like it'll be up while it, while it's up, but if you don't actually download it and have like a copy on a hard drive you're not going to get it anymore i know um mk9 was like that because of the uh cameo of freddy krueger like that got pulled so they couldn't sell mortal kombat 9 anymore so unless you were you didn't like if you didn't have it already you couldn't get the ultimate version of it because you couldn't get freddy anymore that wasn't freddy well i mean it was jack Carroll, haley freddy with two gloves Um, they did their best. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't get Robert England's rights, so they, you know, they got the Jack Carroll Haley one. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the unfortunateness of digital versus, you know, actual physical media. I still prefer physical media, but I know it's gonna be it's gonna be a thing of the past before we're too old. Ah, uh, there's always Dollar Tree. True, which <laughs> oh, tis the season, man. Oh, uh, there's new ones. Oh, I haven't uh, I haven't been yet. What did I see? Uh, not horror movie related, but uh, 2012 Ninja Turtles stuff. Um, oh. I picked up, I got two movies, uh, Human Tornado on Blu-ray. So if you're a fan of uh, Rudy Ray Moore and uh, Cloverfield Lane. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then a bunch of other stuff. It's like I didn't care about it, but like some newer movies and then a lot of like abundantly clear this is garbage like unwatchable kind of like country unknown kind of horror movies with like generic titles like night danger you know like they just kind of slap <laughs> two flashy words together 
mm-hmm. and you look at the cover and it's like this night vengeance has a home and you're like what does that even mean <laughs> you know it, like that kind of stuff where it's yep. there's no reason to watch it or you know it's like mad libs like the word clown plus something scary which equals equals shit the last clown yeah. house at the end of the left lane yeah and it's like no no i'm good I've seen enough of those to know. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> Clownado, which is an actual movie, you know, like, <laughs> no, I, I'm kind of sad and intrigued that that is an actual movie. Um, it's a tornado hits a circus. It's bad. Uh, it's on my list of, I, I went on letterbox and it had like a below one rating and I was like, no, okay. This isn't my kind of bad. This is this is after I watched like uh Clown the Clown Hotel franchise. Um God. There's a bunch. It was like clearly just some assholes and clown makeup mm-hmm. killing people. It's just not, not anyway. I can't even make jokes that were so bad. That's pretty bad. But honestly, all of the trivia that I have we already brought up, like, you know, the fact that uh the uh, the piranhas were dead, or the the sweater, the letters on the on the killer sweater, um, all that kind of stuff. The only thing I didn't mention was that over forty gallons of fake blood was used in this film. I'm pretty sure a good chunk of that fake blood was used in the cold open. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that was a shitload of blood there. But uh, do you guys have any any final thoughts or comments on this ridiculously fun movie? Joe Bob does not want to be your dad. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I know, right? Like, you, you have that fantasy of, like, you're adopted. We didn't tell you. Here's your real father. Joe Bob Briggs, what? No. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no. He can't call him Papa. <laughs> Tom Atkins isn't your father, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> Weird Al isn't your father. Ugh. Oh, man. Yeah, all I the, know. All the cool ones. <laughs> all my childhood fantasies. Damn it dashed in a single moment <laughs> oh man but yeah no I, I i will i will echo what we said at the start just fucking watch this movie it is tis the season it's really fun and if you like this podcast chances are you will love this movie yes it's just silly fun very fun and unlike me if you like cabin in the woods you'll love this movie <laughs> uh i would also say yeah it's funny meta horror absolutely that doesn't insult your intelligence nope in fact it's not above dick and fart jokes <laughs> definitely not <laughs> but and with that we're going to get into our social media so if you guys aren't following us check us out on uh, facebook and instagram at the boogeyman's closet and we currently still have an x which maurice handles and what is that good sir and Boogeyman's Man's uh... uh We also have a Patreon. If you guys are interested, it's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes. The higher tiers will get you stuff in the mail, as well as uh, birthday picks and stuff like that. Uh, we are part of the Rad Pantheon Network, so check out radpantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials, where you'll find other podcasts like this, as well as rad artists and musicians just doing cool stuff. Uh, I'm going to toss it over to you, Mike, if you want to give any plugs, as you're part of the Rad Pantheon. Uh, yes, Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. That's creepy with a K. Um, we are also part of the Red Pantheon. No, you can't be a part of it because it's super secret. Um, 
and we won't be on X much longer. I think it's a waste of time. I think I'm going to delete our X presence because why? Yeah, that's kind of uh, what Maurice and I were discussing recently as well, because, you know, especially X... if I have to pay. Well, it, that and it's not it it doesn't get the engagement, you know, oh, that, yeah. that one would hope. Um, and let's be honest, like X is kind of a cesspool of annoyance. So it is. I've never had uh, a single uh, fan engagement outside of Sam. Yeah. On X, we have no followers. It's just there because I think I need to do it. Back when it was still Twitter, the only thing I really used it for was when I was doing a month-long uh, drawing contest thing with with uh, October. Any movie monster that I drew, I would tag people involved in that movie and occasionally get noticed by either the actor who played the monster or the director or the scriptwriter and get a retweet like that was really it It was like oh look they noticed me it was like when the soska sisters uh noticed my american mary drawing and reposted it and like basically told me how much they loved it it was like that was awesome and oh, you know, that was it yeah well, but it's movie. like that oh fucking american mary is so good um but yeah it's it's like you know i don't think it's worth it and especially if you know we're not getting the engagement it's like why put the time and effort in so, uh I would recommend the Slasher app. I do uh, want to check that out. I haven't checked it out yet. Uh, I, I have gotten some engagement, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's not super interactive, but people have discovered Creepyhead from it, So, which is more than uh, Twitter accident did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but already, so our next movie, for anyone that wants to watch it before we cover it, is going to be Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. So episode 198 will be Tales from the Dark Side. Um, definitely looking forward to watching this because I haven't seen this one in probably a good 10 years. So it's it's been a while. But uh, and with that, I guess we're going to start wrapping this up. So uh, as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you.